listening to From the Top with Taylor and Mackenzie. I'm Taylor. And I'm Mackenzie. And, and we're, we're twins. twins. I like starting things and sometimes finishing them. And I love talking about television, which made us want to deep dive into TV pilots. So join us each week as we analyze, dissect, and possibly even enjoy some of television's greatest opening episodes in From the Top with Taylor and Mackenzie. Yes, you are listening to From the Top with Taylor and Mackenzie, and that little intro was brought to you by our first special little guest, my six-year-old son. So thank you, Rainier, and he will not Rainier. be joining us. He won't be joining us for the rest of the show because, you know, sometimes we say naughty words and things. Could he do our intro each week, though, and not know about the naughty things? Probably, although my kids try to listen to the show on Apple iTunes, and I'm like, no! Anyway... <laughs> Anyway, listen, we are here to talk about a different TV pilot every week, and this week we're going to be talking about the pilot of The Mandalorian, and though the pilot is our main subject of discussion, there will be spoilers for the rest of the series, so here's your warning now. And this week, we have a very important question to answer. Could you live your entire life with your head beneath a helmet? Depends on the helmet, but I don't know. We'll get there. We'll figure it out. Mackenzie, I also have a second very more burning burning more hotly burning question zestier a bigger a bigger fire um a second burning question that's just for you and it's a secret so you'll we'll get to that i'm excited, I'm excited. well the mandalorian have you i don't know if you've heard of it it's on this unknown streaming platform called disney plus is that the one with like 12 subscribers yes yeah it's the one where you watch mulan um <laughs> You may be wondering why we're doing such a new show since we tend to do shows that at least have a few seasons under their belts. But if you didn't know, Mandalorian Season 2 is dropping on October 30th. Woohoo! Which is like so soon. And so spooky? Almost. Almost Halloween. So you definitely have time to go back and watch. There's only eight episodes Most per yeah. season. So if you haven't watched it yet or if you need a reminder, now's a good time to go back and watch so you're ready for Season 2. The Mandalorian premiered November 12th, 2019. So it's just a little baby. It is. Created by John Favreau. And I believe he wrote most of it, right? He did, except for the one bad episode. Spoiler Awkward. alert. <laughs> Good job, John Favreau. This is a space western, which I guess all of Star Wars is, and stars Pedro Pascal and Carl Weathers, kind of, and a CGI thing that we won't talk about yet. Ooh, I'm so excited. <laughs> we'll get there, guys. I just have to quickly say... This was way too hyped up for me by other people to where I couldn't fully enjoy it because it was like, this right. is as good as 10 Super Bowls. And then the reveal was pretty, it was pretty good. Oh, I legitimately didn't want to watch it because I was like, Baby Yoda is going to be overrated. And then my mind got blown and now I am his biggest fan. So <laughs> you're his smallest fan. No, oh. there's probably, there's probably lots of little kids who love him. So you are his most medium fan. They <laughs> Thank you. I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> All right. Since we can't really talk about our history with the show, we watched after it came out. It's from a year ago. Yeah. We can talk about our history with Star Wars. Oh, boy. As far as the ladies go, you are above average in your Star Wars. I am the deepest committed nerd you've ever met that's a female. Do you have, like, a deep-seated love like for more than your husband on, like, a certain older Star Wars character or something? Um, There may be a wrinkled and 
salt and pepper haired man that I love. Listen, I'm going to post a picture. I am not only wearing a Star Wars shirt, I put on my fourth grade t-shirt that says Harrison Ford fan club. And it's a shirt that I actually made like an iron on shirt with Harrison Ford's face on it. And it's a kid's medium. So it's really small on me, but I did a fourth grade project, my end of year project on Harrison Ford. I can see that the iron on is starting to fade, but it looks pretty good still. (laughs) It looks pretty good for being like 20 years old, you know, we'll get to that point. But, um, yeah, I do have a lot of history with this show movie with the series. Yes. With the star Wars universe. What's your favorite one? My favorite movie. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna have to go Return of the Jedi. I was thinking Attack of the Clones, but oh, I'm dear. glad you said Return of the Jedi. I mean, it has to have Han Solo in it if I'm that big of a Harrison Ford fan. That's but true. Do you remember your first time watching, or like what our childhood experience was from the series? My first experience. My friend Paul Hawking, shout out, P-Hawk, um, being in his basement watching the old VHSs. Yes. And this was the, not the special edition with like the, like the remastered, upgraded film with the extra CGI. This was like the original. And he had a ton of Star Wars toys, so we would just, you know, make little Star Wars battles. Oh my room. gosh, I love that. Fun. I remember you and our older brother showing me the VHSs and we had the pre-VHSs, maybe we borrowed from Paul. And then we also, once the new ones were remastered as the other series started to come out i remember watching those and just falling in love with all of it and we will bring this up multiple times i think but we had a memory game shaped like the millennium falcon so whenever you pressed on certain buttons it would do a quote i think my number one one was yoda wars not make one great so if you had that toy also you rock oh yeah i have so many memories just clicking like it's a trap or i can't (laughs) shake them Give in to your anger. That's my That was actually really good. My kids ask me so many questions about Star Wars, and I can, like, talk for so long. And then my husband just stares at me like, who did I marry? And you are such a nerd. But it's something that I have a lot of pride in. And we just watched the, like, Jar Jar Binks edition, the worst movie. And I'm excited to show my kids more of what the actual universe is about. I just have to say, no one would ever buy a box set called Star Wars, the Jar Jar Binks edition. (laughs) No, that would be the one that they like, you know, throw on the bonfire. I will just say very briefly about recent history that my husband and I, once we finished the first season of The Mandalorian, we tried to watch it with our six and eight year old boys. And within three minutes, they both had cried. And we were like, oh, no, because it was too scary. Yeah, we're really, really conscious of that kind of stuff. I mean, we just watched the first Harry Potter with only my eight year old. Like we are very careful. And I think I just did not think about like an alien thudding to the ground being that scary. Needless to say, we will be watching it with them for a little while. (laughs) Yeah. Unpopular opinion, but I definitely like the prequels more than the sequel trilogy. I thought they were a pile of burning garbage. I'm sure we'll get to that later, but they were definitely a disappointment. Yes. Well, let's talk about The Mandalorian. Mackenzie, will you give us our plot summary? All right, let's go. I'm going to reveal the name of the Mandalorian, so if you don't know what his name is, now you will know. know. He he learned it from me here. All right. Din Djarin, a Mandalorian bounty hunter with a checkered past, is tasked with collecting his most mysterious, most perilous, and certainly his cutest bounty yet. (laughs) Yeah. Such a cute little bounty. Such a cutie. Imagine Carl Weathers being like, and this is going to be a cute one. This will be the cutest thing you've ever found. (laughs) 
there will be spoilers for the whole first season. I'll try to give a little warning if it's like a huge spoiler, but we just want everybody to go watch it. Someone you know has a Disney Plus login, so yeah, you share can go it. watch it. Okay, Mackenzie, let's talk about scene one, because scene one, it gets your feet wet. It's the crystal ball for the show. It reveals its secrets to you. It kind of sets the tone, lets you know if this is for you or not. Mackenzie, how do we start scene one? Our very first shot is this captivating scene where we've got the Mandalorian in all of his armor on this icy plane, and it's kind of like, you know, that steamy look with the ice billowing up from the ground, and he's holding a beeping transponder, and it's just this visual that is instantly iconic, and I am in Star Wars, like, immediately, which is very fun. I had a question immediately in this scene, which is how far away are we from getting automatic circular doors like these that go... I mean, they are in every space movie or TV show, and I want one. Amazon, get on that. Yeah. So this unnamed Mandalorian walks into a bar, and it's, again, you're right into the Star Wars. Does that sound like a joke? (laughs) So an unnamed Mandalorian walks into a bar. (laughs) That's funny. You're, You're right into that Star Wars scene where there's lots of aliens and humans, and it looks like a whole scum and villainy hive as Mm -hmm. on solo would enjoy and (laughs) looks like some some fights or trouble is about to ensue so you're kind of there wondering what trouble are we going to get in right now so in this first scene uh when the fight starts to go down someone gets chopped in half in the automatic door which is a little grim but they don't show anything which i guess kind of tells us this is disney we're not going to make the kids have nightmares right now yeah well apparently mine did and we should not have showed them that far <laughs> bad parenting move but yeah disney plus i think their highest rating will be pg-13 so they wouldn't have anything that yeah. would actually ensue a like our our rating but should have yeah. thought of that before somebody got chopped in half and i do have one bone to pick for this scene one the blue guy i don't know what his name is he says oh is that a bounty puck is that me which he's just <laughs> explaining to the viewers this is a bounty puck, and I'm on it. And I thought that was I'm I'm the guy he's coming terrible to get. Writing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought he should have broken the fourth wall right there and been like, guys. Well, I love this first scene because it's got iconic visuals. You're already in the Star Wars world. And then the music is intense, and it's almost like this low flute or something. It's very mysterious and cool and just on the edge of a Western, so it's not so outright like, we don't expect him to get on a horse yet. Oh, I would love it if Mando had a cowboy hat on top of his helmet. Oh my gosh. That would be hilarious. Tay, that's literally the perfect lead-in to talking about our production history because I had a ton of fun deep diving on how the show was made and the whole look and feel of The Mandalorian. And George Lucas, actually, the creator of Star Wars, he talked about Mandalorians in general. I mean, going back to Boba Fett from the very mm-hmm. original series, he thought of Clint Eastwood in his very straight-brimmed hat, and then Clint has like a poncho on, like that whole Western thing. And so when you see the Mando's helmet and then his cape, it's already this kind of Western vibe, which I was not smart enough to pick up on, but when you talk about it, it takes you there. I do need to ask really quick, because I think this is a question so many people had, or just a, a bit of confusion. Did you think this was about Boba Fett before you started watching? I had read one or two things and knew enough, but I had wondered if this was a Boba Fett story. And actually, Pedro Pascal, who plays the Mandalorian, he thought he was doing a show about Boba Fett when he started. (laughs) So you're not the only one. (laughs) 
Okay, I'm going to just like spoil this for everyone, but it was one of my things I was most disappointed to find out about and then pleasantly surprised at the reason why. Pedro Pascal, who is one of my favorite actors, she's He's not in love in, with him. I am a little bit in love with him. She he wants is to not, leave her husband. What? Wow. <laughs> uh, no. Okay. Pedro Pascal, who plays the titular Mandalorian, he is not in the suit the entire time. And I was kind of like, really, man? I mean, I know you're really famous and being in a suit all the time. Like, did you just not want to be there? And I feel cheated. I know. I felt cheated. Exactly. But Disney put out a eight-part documentary series that I highly recommend on Disney+. Plus. They were actually very forthcoming with talking about the fact that Pedro has two doubles. They're for very good reasons. One is like the martial arts stunts guy. And the other guy is the one who like does all the gunfighting and has actual experience with like arms. So what happens if they need to do like a flip kick and then shoot immediately without cutting? You pay them more, I guess, to learn that skill. I don't know. But it was. I thought it was very neat. It was like literally one of the first things they talked about. So they aren't trying to hide it. Pedro bills himself as the third most talented on that list of people. <laughs> I do love that they kept this show's creation pretty Star Wars-y. Yeah. Um, you know, with animatronics and puppetry, big real set pieces, a stop motion. They're dipping their fingers in all of the pots. Is that a saying? It is now. And that's how okay. they really made the original series back when CGI like wasn't a thing. So when when you listen to um, Bryce Dallas Howard, who directed one of the episodes, she talked about how they wanted to stay in real Star Wars mode where some of it was very practical, like this is a puppet and we're going to use it or we're actually right. going to have, you know, all of these stormtroopers here and not just cut them in. So it's just special because <laughs> they didn't cut corners. I think we learned a little bit about bad CGI from the other <laughs> movies, so... Glad they're Can I ask you a pop quiz? Certainly. How many puppeteers do you think it took to operate Baby Yoda? It was just one baby inside. I'm sorry to break your heart, but no, <laughs> a baby did not operate him. It took four. Oh. There was one like oh, doing cool. his ears and his eyes and then like his hands, and I don't know what the other one was doing, but if you watch any behind the scenes footage, you'll see that like Baby Yoda is actually there. And then they do have a few huh. moments where they kind of CGI his face and stuff, but it feels really special. And then so cute so this was done much better than the stuffed polar bear on lost oh my gosh exactly (laughs) exactly well sis speaking of puppeteering i would like to puppet hear you talk about key storyline number one was that a good transition that was painful i that hurts a little bit (laughs) (laughs) oh that's great it wasn't it wasn't great but i had to say it anyway because when you're podcasting, you say weird stuff and you move on. It's part of the professionalism. We're very good at this. Well, actually, you know, Mackenzie, key storyline number one is kind of scene one. It's just Mando bringing in his first bounty. Although we do get more of the storyline after the the dope little understated title scene. But I got to say, this blue guy who is his first, you know, initial bounty, mm. I hated him a lot. <laughs> thought he was dumb. But in a way, he was kind of a precursor to... The show is really uneven side characters. <coughs> Bill Burr, Amy Sedaris. Um, oh, man. A lot of less than stellar characters. But yes, Mando brings this guy in. He freezes him in carbonite, which is great. That was sweet. You can't argue mm. with that. I'm going to disagree with you a little bit, if you can handle that. Um, can't. I didn't love the blue guy. He wasn't like my favorite. But I did like that we learned 
right off the get-go that this is going to be both like intense and it was also going to be a little bit cheeky and silly, which is very Star Wars. Star Wars always has like a little alien tripping over something or it's like both sweet and funny and like very serious and sci-fi. So Mm -hmm. that I kind of took away from this guy. I'm like, I don't think I'm supposed to like you, but you're reminding me that this is not just like iconic silhouette of Mandalorian standing there. There's also a little funny side, so. Like when they almost get squished in the trash compactor and C-3PO thinks they're dead and it's like, oh. Exactly. Exactly. But you know, that was done well and this was done terribly. I also like Bill Burr. Maybe just because he was the best part of that episode. Guys, it's it's like halfway through there's an episode that literally is like, why is this happening? It's like a heist. You can just skip it. You don't even have to watch okay. it. I need to talk a little bit more about Bill Burr. Not too much more. <laughs> but in terms of character construction, it's like, all right, we want to get this guy. What's going to make him cool? He's got guns. All right, a lot of people have guns. How about he has another gun he's a redhead he has a third gun and it's like mounted to his back on like a camera gimbal and it's just i don't know i'm sure that bill burr was just like let me in i just want to be in here okay let's go back to our storyline here of mando bringing in the bounty he has a lot of sweet frozen carbonitos as you said taylor (laughs) and that was such a fun reference because I i was scarred for life watching han solo get frozen mm-hmm. in carbonite in Empire Strikes Back and you're realizing right at that moment like the Mandalorian is maybe not a good guy? I How am I supposed to feel? I think we're supposed to be a little bit conflicted. Well, maybe because I'm just like, this guy's the protagonist, whatever. I just assume that these people are the worst. Right. But he's um, not like creating it... a home for lost orphans, so. <laughs> the Mandalorian's home for lost orphans. <laughs> we got a side... <laughs> We got a spinoff show for you. It does make me realize that if I'm going to be frozen in carbonite, I would hope that I have like one moment to do a cool pose. Yes. Thumbs up or a double bird or something. (laughs) Somehow we got to make a Halloween costume of that. Okay. Oh, yes. So while I didn't love this first part of the episode, they do a little bit of character building in the amount of butt that he kicks. So you see that he is truly a professional and you get just enough kind of fun callbacky stuff to Star Wars and Han Solo that you're drawn in. So I'll give him that. So now we head into key storyline number two, which is the one big job. And we quickly see Mando bringing back his bounty goodies to Grief Karga, who is the leader of the Bounty Hunter Guild, which the Mandalorian is a part of. Apparently they have a guild. They got to make that money. Grief gives him a big job to track down a very valuable asset. Oh boy, is it ever a big job. I think this kind of lead in to the big job is a little stale. Like, okay, here's these jobs you could choose from. Oh, you need something more? Oh, wait, here's one that you could even like have a TV show about. This one doesn't even have a tracker. Like, ooh, yeah. Yeah, the moment where it's like the bar gets silent and people, like strangers turn and lean like, what's this mysterious thing that's happening? It's a little overdone, but. It is where we begin to realize this is a Disneyfied version of Star Wars. Yeah. So some of it feels a little bit like heavy-handed or, you know, presented to you on a platter. But it's Star Wars and the production quality is so amazing. So we're going to let it fly. Mackenzie, when you see Carl Weathers, what do you think of first? Well, I told my husband that Carl Weathers played Apollo Creed in the Rocky movies, which is like obviously his most iconic mm-hmm. role. But do you know the other more iconic role that people our age would probably know him from? 
a guy with one hand? Yeah. That would be Chubbs from Happy Gilmore. Chubbs. <laughs> well, also Arrested Development playing himself. Oh, a great role. He's, he is amazing. And, you know, he was just supposed to be in three episodes. And John Favreau was like, oh, my gosh, you're amazing. Please stay. And they kind of had to talk him into it. And he loved being in Star Wars. So he was happy about it. Yeah, it's not the most intuitive casting choice. I don't think Star Wars, Carl Weathers, but (laughs) it definitely, yeah, he definitely works in the show. Speaking of working, Werner Herzog as the drug kingpin type guy, the bad guy. He is so scary. He's like if a Nazi had a baby with Emperor Palpatine, I think. I don't know. It was just really scary. He's got that kind of like voice that's almost like he's inhaling as he talks, kind of like Voldemort, like... Oh, yes, and the... Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, he you want to have nose. nightmares, he does <laughs> have a nose. Uh, yes, and here, after he's given the job, we get some great world building as he goes into this ceremony of casting this special Beskar metal armor with the armorist? Is that the word? Armorer? Armorator? I think it's the, the armorist. And I have to say, I really love that it's a woman who's, like, in charge of his mm-hmm. Mandalorian sect, but... We're going to very quickly talk about what it means to be a Mandalorian because... Or as my wife would call it, a Mando-me, because her name is Lorian. I did think about that. The other day she comes up and is like, oh, are you guys recording for Mando-me? And I was like, Mando-me? That is adorable. (laughs) See, she's the best. She is. I found a really great explanation from the website Den of Geek, and so I'm just going to quote them because they'll say it better than I can. Our buddy Mando, he is part of a Mandalorian tribe which includes an armorer, that's her name, apparently, uh, who coincidentally looks a lot like a Mandalore, which is the leader, traditionally, of the Mandalorians and the toughest warrior of the clan. So these Mandalorians were like a people group and their rallying symbol is the skull of a mythosaur. We hear that mentioned once or twice in, in this episode, which was a giant sea creature that once served as a mount for the ancient Mandalorians. So this is definitely like Star Wars lore, if there ever was. I love it. I don't like the name Mythosaur. Sounds like the laziest name Seriously. thing ever. This is the magic bird. And you'll notice if you watch the show that he, the Mandalorian never takes his helmet off. And it is explained later on that if he does take it off, he can never put it back on. So I hope he doesn't get like a bunch of bees up there and like have to pull oh, it gosh. off in a haste. What if you get like a done. rash? I mean, how do you eat? I guess he can take it off when he's not around other people, but. He has a tube that goes right into his stomach, so he's never eaten food, I don't think. My kids did ask me if they ever go to the bathroom on The Mandalorian, and I was like, listen to our 24 episode, okay? So if you guys need to go back and listen <laughs> yeah. to how people go to the bathroom with armor on. Yeah, this this sect is very secret now, and they don't want to be found because they actually have a lot of powers that like rival the Jedis. And so mm. I actually learned that only one goes out at a time from their group because they don't want to be like traced back to their little group and uh, interesting for, for good reason as we'll find out if you watch the series yes and they have this dope uh armor it's called besker steel which it seems like a lot of it has been stolen from them uh, by the empire and so a lot of this a lot of the series talks about him getting back this this metal to be forged into new armor so in summary the mandalorians are pretty cool i would love to be one as long as I could eat food, I guess. Well, this makes me want to ask you our burning question, because would you really want to be one? Would you really never want to take off your helmet? Now that I'm, like, imagining it, 
and I'm thinking of all the situations where I'd really want to take it off in the pool. <laughs> Do you think they're just swimming a lot in that metal armor? <laughs> I think they'd probably drown. There's a deleted scene of him running along, splashing in the, sh- in the shallows yeah. in the ocean in just his bathing suit and his helmet. I, I do think they're actually able to take it off, like, to eat or, like, when they're in private. But I'm just okay. thinking, like, I'm wearing a mask right now, which I am often wearing masks. Wear a damn mask, everyone. But I am I get sad because, like, I can't really wear lipstick anymore because mm. no one sees it and it gets all over my mask. And then when That's I wear earrings, they get, like, stuck in my mask strap. And so I feel like I would want to switch it up a little bit. I've been confined now, and so I don't think I could last very long. I haven't worn makeup this entire quarantine. Well, you're doing fine then. I have a great face is what I'm trying to say, and I don't want to cover it up. Okay. You do have a great face. Thank you. So do you. Mackenzie, I mentioned I have a second burning question, and I want you to answer as quickly as possible because this whole week you've been texting me how hot you think Pedro Pascal is. (laughs) So in their prime, Pedro Pascal versus Harrison Ford. Go. I'm going to go with Harry. I can't deny my first love, okay? (laughs) I feel like it would be going back on everything I've ever known. Wait, are you wearing a Pedro Pascal fan club t-shirt under your Harrison Ford fan club t-shirt? No. (laughs) Listen, if you guys haven't watched Game of Thrones, Pedro gets his eyes, like, squished out of his head. Splorched. Yes, his his head actually gets caved in. It's really gory. Um, But before that, he is, like, the sexiest, most swaggery guy He's just an amazing character. He has a terrible chin strap beard, and he's ugly. Why would you do that to me? I'm However, speaking my truth, has Han Solo ever gotten his head squished? No. He knows how to deliver a line. He's got that great chin scar. He says things like, you know, I love you. I know. He, it's, he's just great. Nerf herder. Um, Thank you for that. Okay, I'm glad you stuck to your roots there. Well, let's get out of this Mando deep dive, and next up in the episode, we meet Queel, Queel, who is another great, uh, is he a puppet? I don't know, is he an animatronic? Is he a guy in a mask? Do you know? Do I know? Guys, I did watch like half the documentary today. He is actually a tiny woman wearing an animatronic mask. The woman playing his body is like actually walking around, but then a puppeteer is like moving his face animatronically, and then he's also voiced by the actor nick nolte so it's like three people in one it's pretty cool. i'm not a big fan of his introduction where mando is being tackled by one of the blurgs terrible name for a creature i know and a second blurg unless is you're running at leslie him. nope no tina fey is that <laughs> tina fey yes unless you're blurg. tina fey <laughs> the tina fey of characters yes so he is being tackled by a blurg another blurg is running at him and then out of nowhere uh, someone saves him with an electric dart or something and the whole mysterious stranger saving the day at the last second out of nowhere, I, it's very easy. It's very easy to write. It is. I would love to see that that writing, that plot device changed, killed. Removed. He does explain, Quill, this guy, we're never going to be able to say his name correctly, he does explain that he's seen so many people come to try to get this asset. He's so near Baby Yoda, spoiler alert, and he's watched no one return, quote, from getting this because everybody dies so he's probably waiting around being like who else is gonna get killed by this giant dinosaur slash like sperm whale looking animal i don't know my husband said that he was the wallace sean of aliens Mm. and he just wanted him to say inconceivable so if you need to google wallace sean and quill i think so i also didn't love that they added this 
scene of Mando learning how to ride a blurg. <laughs> it seemed like filler to me. I can see why you would think that. I think it was supposed to be a little bit of a cheeky wink to like a Western where he's taming a horse and like having to hop on the back and he's literally saying, whoa, whoa, and like calming this animal so that he can climb up and then he gets thrown off of it. So I think it adds a little bit of the funniness of Star Wars and it's a little Western moment. Point taken. Okay, so on to our third and final key storyline, the showdown. Wow, wow, wow. It is a very Western moment, and we'll have several of these throughout the show, but they're really fun. What did you think of IG-11, the bounty hunting droid? I was a little thrown off because I'm like, wait, do you have a New Zealand accent? (laughs) And then I looked it up, and it is Taika Waititi, who is one of my favorite directors of all time. If you guys have not seen Jojo Rabbit, Go watch it right now. Pause this episode. Okay. Um, Don't tell I them to a, leave our episode. No, I'm okay with that if they want to go do, <laughs> watch Jojo Rabbit because it's that good. He is a director for one of the episodes of The Mandalorian, and he's actually the voice of the droid. So I thought it was funny because it's like very much a droid voice with the slight New Zealand accent, which was confusing, but I loved it. What did you think? He's cool, but it's it made The Mandalorian and all other bounty hunters seem pointless to me. If you had five of these droids to send in, they could take out an entire army without breaking a sweat. And you don't really have to pay a droid. So mm-hmm. I also thought it was pretty funny that Mando has this tracking fob given to him by Werner Herzog. He has the last positional data on where the asset was, and he's got Queel telling him exactly where to go. <laughs> so with all that info and a droid who can kill a zillion people with his eyes closed, with his sensors closed, he doesn't have eyes. I think I could also complete this job, given all that yeah, help. Yeah, that is a fair point. Mm-hmm. Well, there is a moment where Mando jumps on this giant machine gun thing and like twirls it around and he just like kills all the baddies. Because before that, they were screwed. He, then he just cuts through everybody. And I got some major Walter White vibes. If you have not seen the finale of Breaking Bad, then you won't understand this. But if you have, you guys will, will get the visual with the giant machine gun kicking some major bootay but he like leaps onto it and his cape is flowing out not walter white the mandalorian it was very cool i liked it i'm like at least if you're gonna do something that apparently taylor could do you do it with style true he definitely has more flair than me (laughs) i'm sure the bad guys if i came in they'd be like oh this guy looks scary but he has no style at all i'm not scared you gotta have some flair to be scary you know i also realized that this is a great property for disney to own because Laser blasts don't cause a lot of blood. People just fall down and they're dead. No gore. It's a match made in heaven. Well, you just did a major hair flip and your hair got like 10 times bigger. How did that happen? <laughs> it's a specialty of mine. I'm very small, but my hair is giant. I'm, I'm an anomaly. Uh, your husband mentioned something that just cracked me up. <laughs> he said that He said that Mando finally finds Baby Yoda and he's inside of a big old Pokeball. <laughs> <laughs> which he totally is Aww. I did not know when Baby Yoda was going to come in this episode when I first watched it and I knew that Baby Yoda was a thing the moment where he just opens it up and like some tiny little fingers pull down a blanket and you get his big eyes and ears I mean I like clutched my husband's arm and it was magical he is perfect and do you know how many scary iterations they went through before they came up with this <laughs> have you seen the pictures you guys, you got to Google like Baby Yoda, you know, iterations. Concept there were some, game. yes, ugly, creepy, 
Yodas, and they finally decided, like, we got to make this thing cute because otherwise there's not a story here. What if instead he, like, creeps out and then just goes right for the throat and just kills Mandalorian, and it's like the rabbit from Monty Python and the Holy Grail? I would like to see him just st- jumping on Mando's carcass, like, with his pumping his baby <laughs> arms in the air, you know? <laughs> that would be a, that would not be on Disney+. Plus. Like a bloodthirsty little Ewok. Oh, my gosh. I'm going to have nightmares now. <laughs> I love that image, and that's where we want to leave you in our recap. <laughs> Maybe in season two, he will just viciously kill someone. Well, I mean, he does literally have the force and, like, saves Mando's butt on various occasions. So he does. He's a very he's, helpful actor. He's awesome. He's awesome. Now, Mackenzie, this is where we've we've been doing some fun little random segments, and I wanted to rank the most... Um, I'm not going to use any any strong word, but most sensual, alluring Star Wars characters. Visually appealing. But that seems crass and juvenile. Which I'm none of those. What? <laughs> Wearing my Harrison Ford t-shirt? Okay. But we decided to be more sophisticated. So instead, let's do a little rapid fire Star Wars Q&A. Okay. Just to learn more about what we love and hate about Star Wars. All right. Do you want to go first or second? You start. Okay. All right. I'm going to ask you a series of Star Wars questions, and I want you to answer as quickly as you can without thinking. Just boom. Okay. So if it if I say who's the cutest and you say Jabba, whatever. That's just what Okay. Blah. <laughs> Barf in my mouth. Okay. All right. Three, two, one, go. Favorite non-humanoid Star Wars creature? BB-8. Cutest non-Han Solo Star Wars character? I'm going to say Lando Calrissian, but the young version, played by Donald Glover. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Star Wars location where you'd like to live? Uh, Endor, obviously. Ewoks. (laughs) Favorite prequel movie? Um, none of them. (laughs) (laughs) Is that allowed? (laughs) That's allowed, okay. Favorite quote ever? Do or do not. There is no try. Ooh, that's a good one. All right. Would you rather be the little laughing guy? Named Salacious Crumb, who sits in Jabba's lap and goes, <laughs> oh. or the guy who talks for him with the red eyes and the long white head thing. This is like Sophie's choice. Um, I'm going to be the one who talks for him because I do not want to sit in Jabba's lap. Ew. <laughs> and what type of spaceship would you fly? Definitely an X-Wing. Okay. All right. Well done. Well done. Thank you. I was hoping that you would say Greedo for sexiest Star Wars character or something, but... <laughs> Doesn't he get murdered? He does get murdered. In Cold Blood by Han Solo. Okay. Han shot first. All right. You ready, bro? I am ready. Are you ready? And actual scariest baddie? Jabba the Hutt. Agreed. Okay. Who's the stupidest creature? You can't say Jar Jar Binks. (laughs) Stupidest creature. Wicked the Ewok because he he does his slingshot right into his own head. (laughs) But it's adorable. Okay. All right. I want you to blitz me with your favorite movie and your least favorite movie. Empire Strikes Back and Rise of Skywalker. That is very smart. Okay. Do you crush harder on Padme or Leia? (sighs) Shoot, Mackenzie. Padme. Good choice. I like it. Question underneath that, would you ever wear the Leia bikini yourself? Uh, is it cold out? Oh, 
Okay. We're not going to go there. All right. Okay. Most iconic phrase that you remember. These aren't the droids you're looking for. Ooh, that's good. He's so awesome, Ben Kenobi. Mm -hmm. Okay. Which weapon or tech would you like to own yourself? Laser crossbow. Oh, dude, that's awesome. Okay, final question. What is your favorite Star Wars paraphernalia that you've ever owned? Mackenzie, this is a very silly question because it's definitely my Tauntaun sleeping bag. Oh, my which gosh. Which was extremely warm and had a little lightsaber. <gasps> the zipper pull was a lightsaber like you were cutting him open. It was adorable. No. Do you still have it? I sold it. No, I, you did not. I, I'm ashamed Did you know you would someday have a son and you could share that with him? <laughs> you have just dismantled his legacy. I have. We had no storage space and I wasn't using it. I'm a terrible person. I would have kept that thing in my bedroom for you. I mean. What if I had said, Mackenzie, you can have this, but you have to sleep in it. With gladly. I night. would have taken one for the team. We could have fit in there. We're small people. All right. <laughs> That's true. If Han and Luke can fit in there, then you guys definitely can. You know it. Shall we get into our key questions? Let's do it. Key questions. Oh, I forgot. I was going to make you a key that said questions on it. My eight-year-old asked me today, Mom, do you guys do any puns on your podcast? And I just like <laughs> laughed because I'm like, oh, Taylor is the king of like silly dad puns. So when he's older and allowed to listen to this, then he'll be overjoyed to know that his uncle is all about those puns. Puns. I'd love a good pun. All right, Mackenzie, does this pilot have a message? It does, and I'm going to hit you with it. And you're going to lose any, you're going to lose after I share this because <laughs> this is the best. Okay. Two quick messages. One, redemption is always possible, especially when you're helping others. Two. Family moment right there. Yeah. There will always be people who exploit the vulnerable, and we need to be people who will take risks to defend and protect the vulnerable. So you're so, saying people are always going to try and kill baby Yodas, and you need to save them? Basically, I mean, Mando had a question there at the end. When he reaches out and touches his finger, kind of like, you know, God and Adam on the Sistine Chapel. Shout out to my husband for that visual there. He's like, am I going to return this little child alive? I mean, you can see it already. Something has happened in his little metal-covered heart. <laughs> it's grown three sizes. What about you? I had one similar one. Don't judge a man by his helmet. Oh, I like it. And... Don't hire him. He could be hot under there. <laughs> <laughs> he takes off his helmet, and it's Wallace Shawn. Oh, no. Oh, my, oh my gosh. <laughs> and don't hire a man to do a droid's work. Ooh. Mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. That was pretty good. Okay, well, I have a question for you. And I'm going to – it's not a pun, but it's just really cheesy, but whatever. We talk about landing the plane or pulling a Sully, and I'm going to mm-hmm. say, are they flying an X-Wing? And blowing up the Death Star, or are they crashing like a TIE fighter? <laughs> All right. I had to. Solid. Thank you. I'm never going to have this much information about any show we watch ever again. So, you know. I think they they fly the X-Wing, but they fly it like bigs. Am I right? Kaboom. He dies. Spoilers, if you haven't seen A New Hope oh made in gosh. 1977, <laughs> Biggs dies. Oh, no. Yeah, I think they fly the X-Wing it's not you mentioned the opening shot being like it just captivating mm-hmm. and i agree it starts off pretty well visually and we also talked about how without baby yoda there isn't a lot of story here yes and i just kept thinking without that reveal at the end what is this show it's like there's a moment of character building with the flashback to him as a little kid 
but I was trying to think like what would have pulled me back and kept me watching without Baby Yoda and I I don't know like this might have been a show that I watched while I did laundry which is not right. what you want and it, and it could have fallen into like the list of oh yeah I've been meaning to watch that shows which is not what you want either or so. another string of terrible Star Wars iterations yeah and I, I wonder if they were playing it pretty safe because they knew this has to at least just be good we're not going to try anything crazy that might make people angry we're just going to do a moderate amount of Star Wars references to give some nostalgia and have a simple story and there we go which they succeeded in that so so I might say that they f- they flew the land speeder with the Vaseline covered camera lens like in, oh my gosh in that is a deep cut reference okay thank you I'm what very proud of you for pulling that out. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think the visuals being so just stunning are what saves this show from any issues because it will definitely have some. It's just beautiful. And I think it has very much the right weight of Star Wars nostalgia. Mm-hmm. Watching the new trilogy of Star Wars, it is just like a nostalgia vomit dump listen i'm one of the biggest star wars fans of my generation but it, even that was like too much for me yeah. so i think they played it really well and i will say that the characters are well set up in this pilot the villains definitely already have presence and i like that the good guys have a little bit of like mystery and anti-hero-ness to them so i do want to see where they'll go it's not just a string of mando like shooting people he falls right. off a blur. He sees a baby, whatever. And that final shot with Mando and the child, aka Baby Yoda, it's a vulnerability that we didn't see the whole episode before. And then, oh my gosh, you can tell without even dialogue that this is something brand new. And so that kind of shoots me straight into wanting to watch the next episode. So I think they do a really good job. And it's good for them because there's some big clunkers in these eight-episode series. Still worth watching because they're fun and beautiful. I think they ended it on a perfect note. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Mackenzie, did you think this show had a breakout star? A duh. (laughs) Baby Yoda. So is the breakout star the animatronic person or the woman? (laughs) The woman moving him from behind the screen. Mm-hmm. I remember that John Favreau talked about how before the show had even aired in Europe, he saw a giant mural of Baby Yoda on a wall in France. <laughs> and it was like, oh my gosh, like this hasn't even aired here. You just have seen this from social media. This thing is huge. Baby Yoda is adorable. And I saw that meme where he's like holding the mug and I'm like, I gotta know more, you know? And then he like puts a frog in his mouth. It's like so cute. Anyway, I think that you're right that it's the thing that clinches the show. And like, yes, the Mandalorian is interesting. And listen, we all love Pedro, but we don't see him. I think that Baby Yoda is what makes this a show that everyone wants to watch. And I think without it, there's not like the family watching aspect. I know so many people have watched this with their tweens and teens. And so he's the clincher breakout star. Because if you don't say Baby Yoda, you're basically saying Pedro Pascal who isn't like super well known if you haven't watched his head explode in Game of Thrones. Right. You know, and if you, he's not someone where you know his voice just from hearing it. Right. Like I'm sure this was a situation where hundreds of thousands of people were Googling who is the Mandalorian after they watched the pilot. (laughs) Um, But it's not Carl Weathers. It's not Nick Nolte. So I guess, I guess we give it to the animatronic 
baby. People were literally mad that Baby Yoda got, quote, snubbed for an Emmy nomination. So <laughs> Wait, maybe that's category? just where we're at in 2020. <laughs> this whole first series won several Creative Arts Emmys, and part of it was due to, like, its prosthetics and animatronics and all of that. Mm. So maybe he did. All I have to say is I can't wait for more Baby Yoda in season two. I think he's going to get a Lifetime Achievement Award in about 20 years. Oh, my gosh. He saved us all. <laughs> We always talk about our twin of the episode because, again, if you didn't know, we're twins. And we like to share someone we relate with or who we see ourselves as like in the series or this first pilot episode. Sometimes we're embarrassed by it. Sometimes it's jubilant. Who is your twin of the episode? My gut reaction and who I really wanted to say, because I think he's the best character, was Queel. Like, I wish, I think I might start saying I have spoken. I like everything. it. It's like a mic drop moment, except sounds mm-hmm. more humble. And he's got those eyebrows, which I love a good eyebrow. <laughs> but I think in my heart, I don't know how to explain. Like, I can't fully explain why, but I just think I'm the armorous, mostly because mm-hmm. I think I would do really well in that role. I think I could dispense the mysterious wisdom and work that Besker steel. And wear some like fur on your armor. It's just oh, got yeah. like a little bit of flair on that Style. thing. Style. You could rock that. And it I seems think... kind of easy. Like, does she just hang out there all the time? Is she just reading on her Kindle when she's not forging? Probably. Sounds like a great life. I can see that for you. You're a, you're a wisdom dispenser, if there ever was one. I'm a Pez dispenser, at least. We've owned so many Star Wars Pez dispensers <laughs> oh, in my life. Jeez yeah. Louise. <laughs> <laughs> Mackenzie, who is your twin? I don't want to sound cocky, (laughs) (laughs) but my twin is Baby Yoda, okay? Okay. The child, aka Baby Yoda, he is like small, and no one knows how old he is really, because the Mando hears that he's 50, but then it's like, what, you're a baby? Because apparently his race ages differently. Mm -hmm. No one has any idea how old I am when they look at me. (laughs) When I'm out with my kids, they ask like, are you the big sister? Are you the nanny? Or some people will be like, wait are you a mom like they're very confused because Mm -hmm. again i'm four foot eight i'm very small i look like about a nine-year-old so it's it is confusing i give that to everybody when i start having wrinkles and like gray hair it's gonna be so fun so i share that with him i also feel like you know i'm small but mighty and people expect me to i don't know just i'm little maybe you're a kid but i'm well spoken i can make a crowd laugh do you eat frogs i don't eat frogs and baby yoda he, like, lays there and sticks his little hand out and, like, clocks people with a force. So you don't expect it. He's He is small but so mighty. And so I feel like I'd be a good sidekick, too, which maybe comes with being a twin. You would be a very good sidekick. I think this is my favorite twin I have ever chosen, and it will be for the rest of time. <laughs> Thank you very much. All right. This is the, the bar to beat for Mackenzie, Baby Yoda. Oh, my gosh. It's a tough one. There'll never be another. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. That was my ode to Baby Yoda. Okay. Your yode to Baby Oda. Taylor. <laughs> so, Kens, I don't call you Kens enough. I'll take it. Kensinator. Uh, after we talked about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, it came up that Joel was very punchable. Just right in that stupid face, huh? Yeah. So, I want to know who's the Joel of the Mandalorian with a stupid enough face to punch? Are we talking this episode? We are talking any episode. Okay, well, 
there is that one heist episode and there is a purple lady with the weird ear things hey she might think that your little head is weird so it's not about how she looks i'm just saying who she is she's got like big teeth and she's just like whiny and has a terrible attitude and i literally hated her i would punch her in the face so hard i would take mando's little sizzler thing and just like sizzler right in the face i have feelings about that are you gonna be nicer when you punch someone or do you have a joel I would like to punch Carl Weathers. He's just very. You want to punch? What's his I want to punch Chubbs. You want to punch Chubbs? He's very cocky, and I don't like smugness. Yeah. And he's like going back and forth. You don't know who which side he's on, if he's good or evil, and he's just. I don't know he if he knows. Punching. I said I don't. I don't know if he knows. Hmm. He's not the best actor, which is hard to say when you were like Apollo Creed. But everything feels like, and here I am, and this is what I'm about to say. <laughs> and and Brian, every time we watch it, just like gets such a kick out of like, where did they get this guy? Throw it He's in the pot. Great. You got a stew going. Sorry. Oh my gosh. I love you. We're almost there, friends. You've made it this far. Thank you very much. All right. Well, we're at our last question. We want to know, Taylor, would you pick up this ship? And before we put on a pantsuit, that's not where we go in Star Wars. So I want you to imagine that you are wearing some black Sith robes and you've got the sweetest lightsaber ever. And one of your hands can like choke people from the air like Darth Vader. So you're like a very sinister executive and people are afraid of you. So So if I don't like your show, show? I just strangle you to death. Yes, exactly. That's how it works. (laughs) I would be a benevolent Sith Lord and I would pick up this show. I'm glad to hear that in real life that John Favreau had a few episodes written to bring to Lucasfilm and Disney because that's what I would need. Like if I just watched this pilot right. and be like, "Uh, but what where what's the story about?" Um, like Well, and there's a lot of weight to bringing something to the Star Wars universe. Yeah. So as long as they have more planned out in terms of character arc and story than just a guy with the baby Yoda, then Let's go. Three seasons. Season one, he protects him. Season two, Baby Yoda massacres everyone. Season three, <laughs> they go on vacation. He becomes the world leader, and he is the nude Khaleesi. Okay. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Kenzie, you are wearing one of Queen Amidala's outfits, and the one that I'm thinking of, it kind of looks like Moira Rose from The Croning, where she has like all the bird feathers. Yes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That one is amazing. And you have a light dagger, so it's a little teeny lightsaber. So we're going to just stab people with it? Yeah. Guys, I don't know where we're going. It's okay. like a little this little lightsaber <laughs> highlighter. Bing, bing. Hey, I'm going to, you have to get real close to me. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> this is, this is turned. Okay. In this pilot, the world of Star Wars is already there. We're not searching for it, and it is not heavy handed. And I really do want to see where it's gonna go and i will say that you know the last few movies were pretty disappointing and this doesn't feel like it's trying as hard it Mm -hmm. has a storyline that it feels like it has some taste while it's also funny i may have some concern if i watched some more of the episodes with some of their like pacing issues we didn't talk about yet that like it kind of turns into a procedural which is hilarious yeah uh that it's like you know what are mando and the baby up to which (laughs) i was not expecting and like me and my husband would giggle and like not really in a good way 
it was like, oh, okay. They're keeping it family friendly and they want to keep this universe of Star Wars alive. So all that to say, I think it has so much more potential than these movies that were just like, there's so much possibility and they really screwed the pooch. So it's really fun to watch and Baby Yoda is majestic. And you keep around some of the directors who did, you know, some of the best episodes. I think you've got a good thing going. So I will not have to stab anyone with my tiny light dagger. (laughs) Well, now I'm just going to be imagining both of us in lots of different Star Wars outfits. And so you're going to get some photoshopped images coming your way. Oh, please. Your hair looks very cool right now again. I'm channeling Queen Amidala. (laughs) You've given me some like braid muff ideas right here getting my (laughs) princess leia on you know as you should as always let me play the theme song for next week's show if you've made it this far you've gotten through a lot of nerd talk and we really appreciate that so thank you and (laughs) hey we're going to be watching the mandalorian when it comes out on october 30th so Go back and watch the first season. It'll be fun. We'll post some pictures of me and Taylor maybe wearing some Star Wars clothing and, you know, watching that first episode. So this has been fun. Taylor, take it away. Thanks so much for listening this week, guys. We love dissecting these pilots together, and it is so fun to share it with all of you. If you've enjoyed our podcast, there are three easy ways you can share and interact with us. First, make sure to subscribe so that you never miss an episode. Second, share our show with a friend and leave us a rating and review on your favorite podcasting app. These reviews actually help more people to find our show. And finally, we love interacting with you. We want to hear about which pilots you want us to analyze next, your twin of the episode, or if you've got a beef with any of our opinions. So come find us at fromthetoppod.com or on Instagram or Facebook at fromthetoppod. Thanks a lot. We'll see you next time on From the Top with Taylor and Mackenzie. Mackenzie.